May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Hey everyone, I'm Joe Grapes. I'm one of the pastors here at Central City Church, and I'm excited to have you join us for our daily readings. It's Thursday, April 4th, and our daily reading is Luke 19, 28 to 48. Luke 19 to 28 to 48. Now, in the daily reading, we don't read every verse in our daily reading. We just uh, look at a couple, and today we're only going to read two, two verses, but don't worry. You're going to get full your full amount of Scripture in the reflection. But the verses we want to read today are Luke 19, verses 45 to 46. Now, this is your first time. We're so glad to have you here. We're going to read some Scripture. We're going to share some reflection and uh, just really kind of try to center ourselves today uh, before the Lord. So it's Luke 19, uh, verses 45 to 46 today, and uh, here it is. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of robbers. God, as we open your scripture, spend time with your son, Jesus Christ, speaking to us truth and life. In your name, amen. Jesus has finally made it to Jerusalem. That's what this passage is all about. Um, if you read the first part of the daily reading, Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. And uh, by the end of this passage, the verses we read, he is now not only to Jerusalem, but he's going into the temple. And the first thing he does when he enters the temple is he is overturning tables and driving out the people who are there. Um, uh, and he, he says specifically why. He says, um, you have taken my uh, temple, which is meant to be a house of prayer, and you have turned it into a den of robbers. Now, here's what I want to reflect on today. When Jesus says this, you have taken a house of prayer and turned it into a den of robbers, he is quoting two Old Testament passages. If you have a, a, a study Bible, a reference Bible, there's um, or even a, a version of the NIV, you, you'll see this. Um, it's uh, There will be a little tiny little letter, and um, just as a side note, you can follow the verses that go there. So what I want to do is, um, Jesus, when he said this really simple line, you've taken my house of prayer and turned into a den of robbers, he's actually saying something much bigger, because he's quoting Old Testament passages that the majority of the people in leadership the scholars and the rabbis and the priests, they would have recognized his quote. And they would have, many of them would have even had these passages memorized. So Jesus is saying a lot more than just these few words. So let's look at those. The first one is when he says, um, and when he refers to the temple being a house of prayer, he's quoting Isaiah 56, verse 7. So I want to read just the first seven verses leading up to where he quotes it. Um, to get an idea of what Jesus is actually saying against these people that he's kicking out of the temple, right? So Isaiah 56, 1 through 7 says this. This is what the Lord says. 
maintain justice and do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps their hands from doing any evil. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. Before we get to verse four, let's pause there for a second. Jesus, uh, well, Isaiah, and this is the passage Jesus is quoting, is specifically saying um, uh, maintain justice and, and, and then talks about two groups of people that, he, that we should maintain justice towards. The first is the foreigner. And he's saying the foreigner should never feel excluded from the people of God. As long as a foreigner, an immigrant, it has a desire to know God um, in, in this ancient world, they shouldn't be excluded from the people of Israel. And then, uh, which is an interesting thing, and today is a very controversial thing, um, but the second one is he refers to a eunuch. A eunuch is somebody who would have uh, uh, been uh, either uh, chose to not have sex or even made themselves uh, in an ability not to have sex. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Someone might be considered a eunuch simply because they weren't married um, and maybe still had the ability to, or someone could be a eunuch because they were made that way, because they served in the royal a royal household or a, a wealthy household, and they wanted to make sure that the women of the household would be safe. And so that was a practice that happened. And even some eunuchs would have been eunuchs for religious reasons and some various ancient cults and religions. But eunuchs, individuals who weren't married or weren't engaged in sexual activity or couldn't have children, were often in that time excluded and specifically would have been excluded from much of the temple worship. So Jesus is talking about two individuals who are, sorry, Isaiah is talking about uh, two individuals who are often excluded in temple worship. And he goes on, Isaiah 56, 4 says, for this is what the Lord says, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple in its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I'll give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. He says, to those who can't have kids, I will within my temple. Now, they would have been typically excluded from temple worship. He says, I will within my temple give them a name that is better than sons and daughters, a name that will endure forever. And that was a big part of this ancient culture. If you didn't have kids, if you had the inability to have kids, you know, how would you pass on your name? How would you pass on your identity, your legacy? And, and God is saying to the eunuch who chooses to follow me, I will give them a name that lasts forever in my temple walls. And then he says, in the foreigner who binds themselves to the Lord to minister to him, verse six, and to love the name of the Lord and to be a servant and to keep the Sabbath without desecrating, to hold fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offering and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house will be called a house of prayer. This is what Jesus is quoting. But Isaiah doesn't leave it there. He says, these foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord, I will accept their sacrifices. They will be welcome into temple worship. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Isaiah is saying that eunuchs and foreigners specifically, but I would say the implications are much broader. Those who would typically be excluded or marginalized from temple worship, or dare I say from church, 
God is saying, if they, if, if they want to be a part of the kingdom of God, they can be a part of the kingdom of God. Jesus, of course, quotes this when he enters the temple. So we know exactly what must have been going on in the temple for Jesus to quote this passage. Something about the culture and the practices of the Jewish people at that time had begun to exclude people that Jesus wanted included. He says, this is meant to be a house of prayer for all nations, for all people, but you've made it a den of robbers. I want to end by just reading the other verse that Jesus references. It's Jeremiah 7, verse 11, but it's in a discourse where Jeremiah captures the heart of God and says um, some things against the people of Israel during the time of Jeremiah. Um, It's where Jesus is quoting from, and it has some rich language, very similar to what we saw in Isaiah. So I'm going to read this, um, and then my challenge for you is to hear these words and reflect on this question, who am I excluding that God actually wants us to include? Who is in the margins that God is calling me towards? And Ironically, Jesus drives out those who would tend to exclude. Jesus goes into the temple and he drives out those who in the past had excluded or driven out others. God's love is so bold for the margins, for those in the margins, that it will often be lived out at the expense of those who would prevent them. So how could you have a heart like God? Here's Jeremiah 7, 1 through 11. We'll end with this reflection. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah, you who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, reform your ways and your actions and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceitful words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and you do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceitful, deceptive words that are worthless. Will you steal and murder and commit adultery and perjury and burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known and then come and stand before me in this house, which bears my name and say, we are safe now, safe to do all these detestable things? Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. Friends, thanks for joining us for our daily reading. You can find the readings and more by going to centralcity.co slash readings. Now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.